Like movies, you'll love Inglorious Trexperts, the new Star Trek podcast from the creators of the 430 movie. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, hey, this is Chase Masterson, host of Disco Nights, inviting you to join us every Sunday as the disco party continues with our fabulous guests. Like us. Like us. Like you. And you, our audience. So we'll see you here next Sunday night. Bring your disco shoes. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by Jodorowsky's Dune producer Steve Scarlatta and Josh Miller, where they explore some of the greatest movies that were never made, from E.T. 2 to Tim Burton's Superman, Night Skies to Star Trek The Academy Years. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you never saw before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and welcome to Pump and Circumstance Week. Pump and Circumstance? What the (laughs) heck does that mean? Are we too cool by half? Well, we might be, but... I'll be the pump. I'll be the circumstance. <laughs> well, you've all just graduated because we've done high school week, and if you make it through high school, chances are you you're about to matriculate matric- in college. <laughs> but don't prematurely matriculate. Hey, go ahead. So welcome. <laughs> unless you go to unless you go to trade school week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, time. the Trade Federation Week. Um, <laughs> so, uh, welcome to College Week. We're going to be talking about great college movies again. A, a you know a ripe uh, group of Are you a uh, college boy. <laughs> <laughs> so many wonderful, wonderful um, uh, opportunities. Uh, fertile, fertile ground. Um, great college movies. We had a great time when we did High School Week a few weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was. <laughs> and um, and that was great. And so it, it felt only appropriate that we come back and uh, look at some of the great college movies. Well, um, continue your education. <laughs> exactly. Continuing education. And, uh, you know, college may be expensive, but the 430 movie isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. free and you can enjoy it where, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts. So um, uh, I'm back here again with Steve Melching. Hello. Darren Dogerman. Present. Ashley Miller. Not here. And uh, <laughs> my uh, myself, Mark A. Altman. So welcome to College Week. Guys, um, uh, did you uh, watch a lot of movies in college? I did nothing but watch movies in college. Are you kidding? I barely went to class, right? I might as well just told people while I'm going to film school because all I freaking do is like sit around and watch movies. I would declare a class amnesty days where I would just sit and watch movies. Sometimes these became class amnesty weeks where I would sit around and watch movies. Now, I did other things other than watching the movies. I would also drink heavily. Um, But that was pretty much my life, and that's where I fell in love with movies like, say, Howard the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, Uh good. Okay. Uh, What about you guys? Yeah, well, you know, I, I... I went to USC and never got into the film school after five attempts. Uh, but I took the uh, I took the short term graduation, so um, I left after two years. Uh, but during that time, I watched a ton of movies because I would go to all the uh, cinema classes mm. that I could, and uh, you know audited those that I uh, was not eligible for, uh, and yeah, saw a ton of movies, and it was great. 
Yeah, I, I also went to USC. I think I was a, a year behind Darren mm-hmm. there, and um, I was also not accepted into the film school initially. Uh, I was accepted on my fifth attempt mm-hmm. <laughs> as a junior, um, but uh, I was... I had no backup plan. I knew I had to go to the school, so I just took all of the film classes that I knew I was going to have to take anyway sure. in order to get the degree uh, from the film school. So I took all the film history classes I could fit into my schedule, and then uh, at the beginning of the semester, I would go to the uh, critical studies office and get a copy of the master screening list for all of the uh, film school classes and highlight the movies that I wanted to see. Right. And then if I had a... Uh, you know, a free afternoon or evening, I would just go to the class and sit in back and watch the movie. So funny. In college, you know, during the week, I would see all these great movies. I mean, I was a poli-sci major, but I took as many film classes as I could. And, you know, I'd see great movies like uh, Lolita, Stanley Kubrick's film, and uh, Sweet Smell Success, and, uh, you know, all, all these really, really fantastic films. But then on the weekends, you know, go into to Cambridge and uh, uh, or or in Boston and and get to see amazing things. Like it was, so, you think about it, it was like so many great movies. Brazil, I remember going to see. Mm-hmm. It was when they finally uh, re-released the Manchurian Candidate, which uh, Frank Sinatra had had on moratorium for you know twenty years after the assassination of JFK. And it, it's funny. It, I, yeah, I, I just want to stop you. I was at that screening at USC where Terry Gilliam first tried to show Brazil and was not allowed to. Wow. When Universal shut it down and we all walked up to the the, uh, uh, president of the school's office and did a little protest. And it was historic. And it's in the making of Brazil book. The the Battle of Brazil. The Battle of Brazil. Why was it shut down? Because... um, Gilliam was in an argument with the studio over his final cut, and uh, it was not yet settled, mm. and he was not allowed to show it anywhere. And USC according... did not want to antagonize Universal Studios, correct? So they st- declined they... to show it. Right? They they did. It was for was that for four sixty six? That was for. Uh, I think else. it was. They, they, yeah. They this this is a class where a filmmaker comes in and presents a film, and right. they do a Q and A, and they record the Q and A's right. and they, they uh, are then archived in the library. And yeah. I went and listened to the tapes of yeah. that evening unfold. <laughs> yes. It, it was, it was a fascinating moment. And, uh, they, uh, some of us got to go later and see the European cut of it. I think it was just a couple months later. Uh, but, uh, it was pretty amazing. Not the Love Conquers All edition? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> I'm know, sorry, but the... Uh, no, no, the that's really on. interesting. I have to... It's funny. I mean, uh, we a couple of years, more than a couple of years ago, we did, um, did a script for uh, Sid Sheinberg's company, The Bubble Factory, and mm-hmm. one of the reasons I wanted to work for them was just to meet Sid Sheinberg and hear all the great stories about Brazil and Legend mm-hmm. and Jaws and ET, and it was, it was great because it was like... I, I think we talked less about the project than like constantly like asking questions right. about all these movies. Did they actually make any bubbles there? I don't know. That's a good question. If they, uh, you know, make any bubbles at the bubble factory, they did make a, a periscope. So, uh, uh, <laughs> with Kelsey or down periscope, That's down periscope. with, with yeah. right, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, I worked on that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Piece of garbage, <laughs> <laughs> but, but not unlovable. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so many great college movies. And I mean, when you were in college, I you know, did you watch movies about college? And when did you find that these movies represented your college experience, or was it more? Well, I just watched 
every movie I could get my hand, you know, every every movie I could see. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I the the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror, who yeah. does the Saturn Awards, at the time, I don't know if they still do, but they would do the most of their film screenings on the USC campus. They don't at USC. They actually show them across town because they do. They have partnership with the teachers. Um, uh, uh, and so they actually show it, I think, in Westwood. Um, oh, wow. Um, the, the, the Royal Theater. Well, well, the Royal. Well, they, the Norris Theater on USC was their home for many years. Yes. And every Sunday they would show, like, usually a triple feature. And mm-hmm. I would spend the whole day and watching whatever movies they could screen. Get a print of, and of course the the cinema fraternity DKA Delta mm. Kappa Alpha um, had uh, regular screenings of recent releases at the Norris Theater at USC, mm. and recent uh, releases and classics a- and classics, yeah. But uh, it was it was a great thing, and I I became a member immediately when I got mm. there and uh, got access to all the screenings, and they would put a poster up every month and showed what movies were coming, and it was uh, it was amazing, and you got to see everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so grateful <laughs> so to, good. you know, uh, really the only professor from college I still um, stay in touch with after all these years is, is, is Tom Doherty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and um, he was such an inspiration to me in terms of, like, the films that he showed. And, I mean, I learned so much about, you know, I thought I knew so much about movies at the time, but it really opened my eyes to, you know, a whole bunch of movies that I'd never seen. And, and uh, you know, also he was a real scholar about The Blacklist and about HUAC and mm-hmm. um, uh, teen delinquency movies. And it's just the, the experience of you know studying film in college was just an extraordinary one I wouldn't trade it for anything um, so let's talk about um, great college movies or, or or maybe not even great college movies just you know movies that that we fit you know fit the paradigm of our 430 movie where we curate movies that we think are significant um, for this fantasy theme week um, and as always we'll start with Steve Melching yeah I this was a this was, for some reason this was a particularly difficult week for me Um I had a really hard time flashbacks. Finding, yeah, <laughs> a little too much LDS. Finding a, a good college movie that 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 fit my uh, you know my experience or anything. Your so scholarly I, persona. Yeah. So I just went. I'm just going straight down the middle on this one. I'm going. I'm just going to pick that low hanging fruit and go for a a classic of comedy cinema, a movie that literally changed the course of movie comedies. And that, of course, is uh, 1978's Animal House. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think it's really important to pay tribute to the late, great Fawn Leibowitz, who died in that horrible <laughs> kiln explosion. Yes. And we should always remember the, uh, Fawn. <laughs> yeah, and then we got to remember our fallen troops, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer. Uh, Fragged by his, own, by troop. his own troops. <laughs> uh, now, this Twilight is the movie, the movie. Uh, you know, takes place at Faber, the fictional Faber College where knowledge is good <laughs> and it chronicles the exploits of uh the you know the the uh, the animal house fraternity uh sort of led by john belushi and tim matheson and uh as uh, they embark on a sort of a classic slobs versus snobs uh you know rivalry uh in in the college and um you know this is the film that brought that whole sort of National Lampoon School of mm-hmm. Comedy into the real mainstream. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been growing in popularity over the years with uh, through the National Lampoon magazine and then through the stage show and right. the radio show and stuff like that. Um, but this is the their I believe their first film mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. 
I think it was originally going to be uh, Ivan Reitman wanted to direct yes, it, but he had right. not. Uh, he'd only directed one very small film at that point. So Meatballs, he, right? Or no, was it not no, even that Meatballs. That was after. No, no, no. Um, gosh, I forget what it was. Yeah, I don't remember. It was not a successful film. So and it he, was a, a Canadian film. Yes, yeah. in Canada. Yeah, so he was kind of. Uh, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, the William Shatner Chronicles. He was relegated to be the producer, merely the producer of the right. film, uh, and it was directed by John Landis and uh, written by uh, Harold Ramis, Douglas Kenny, and Chris Miller, mm-hmm. who were all d- deeply involved in the National Lampoon and uh, uh, wrote the screenplay based in large part on their college, college experience. experiences, their fraternity, and Ivan Reitman's as well, their fraternity experiences. Um, and um, yeah. You know, it's another one of those movies where Universal had next to no expectations. Yeah. And it became a huge, huge one hit. One of the right. most profitable films ever made. Yeah. yeah. And deservedly so. You know, I would program this in a multitude of weeks. John Landis week, yeah. obviously. I would program it in, you know, comedy week, funniest yeah. movies ever made week. I mean, it, there's so many places it could go, but it, there's no place that's more apropos than college week. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm sure when you were in college, this was the college movie this was the movie, you know, even though it was set in the 50s, it was 60s, the, early 60s, in the early 60s, 60s. It was the movie that everyone knew. Yeah. And everyone, you know, you, you, you could quote. quote it. Oh, and absolutely. And was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, there was the, the, you know, hey, Otis, you know, he knows us. And, and, and you know, shout uh, the, the, the oh, legendary yeah. songs. Shout and, and Louie Louie. And, uh, double secret probation. Double secret. Yeah. John, John Vernon, Vernon is yeah. so funny in this movie. Zero Every Halloween, the tree. Zero, zero. point zero. <laughs> Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, <laughs> the toilets explode. <laughs> And uh, it's funny because, you know, probably this film would be banned on most college campuses now just because it's so, you know, so raunchy and politically incorrect. But it's so funny. It's so great. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and just and and even Next Generation parried it when Worf, I'm not a merry man, smashes the (laughs) (laughs) with, you know, that. And everyone's so great. It's such a great cast. I mean, obviously, Jim Belushi, but Tim Matheson, Tom John, John Belushi. You said Jim Belushi. I meant John Belushi. <laughs> oh my yeah, wow. Greater Belushi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I, apparently, my education it was yeah. uh, Belushi the Elder. Uh, faulty. <laughs> There's um, a um, a great book about uh, about Caddyshack. Yes. Right? Yeah. And one of the 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 central uh, sort of uh, issues in that book is really about. Um, Caddyshack's relationship to Animal House and what it meant to everyone who was involved as their follow-up, particularly Doug right. Kenny, who was one of the writers and one of the real driving forces, one of the real driving creative forces behind National Lampoon, and, right. and how the you know making that movie um, was you know m- making Animal House was like getting to the top of the hill and you're a god. Well, nobody uh, believed in it. Yeah, they thought it. Yeah. Well, and, but it created the split. Like half of the team went on to do Caddyshack, and the other half went to do Meatballs. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There was this this bifur- They they're each trying to recapture the success. Of, and neither uh, is successfully. I mean, yeah. I love Caddyshack. It's really entertaining. I, love, I think they're both good. But, but Animal House to me is is a classic. You know, and 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 you know, it's interesting to the point you're making. Nobody believed in it. You know, the third build actor in that movie is Donald Sutherland, right? Who's right, probably right. on on screen for about uh, you know. Like Three minutes, minutes, ten minutes, little, yeah, uh, and he did it as a favor. He did yeah. as a favor, to, basically, to get the movie made. Right, um, and because it's all pretty much people no one had ever heard of: Martin Metcalf, uh, Tom Hulse, uh, Tom Hulse, uh, Karen Hurst. Allen, Karen Allen, yeah. um, who's wonderful and charming in it, luminous, 
uh, Luminous. <laughs> well, uh, and um, and the actress who who uh, Stephen First is hysterical. Yes, we just Henry lost Fonda. today the the actress. Oh, Verna Field. Uh, Verna, Verna Bloom. Verna, Verna Bloom. Bloom. Not the editor. Right, Verna yeah. Bloom. Yeah, who's really w- quite wonderful in yeah. that. Uh, I mean, that was a staple of my viewing in the early home video era. Sure. I mean, I would watch that movie a lot mm-hmm. um, because it's so funny. Thank you, God. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yeah, Belushi was the only nominal star in that. I mean, it was written for Belushi, but he right. he had really only had his fame from Saturday Night Live at right. that point. But um, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah as huge. was he. Yeah. Well, not as huge now? as he became. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it's it's because you know the thing I think part of the reason it's so good is and and so funny is because it's smart. It's a really you know the dopiest movies are the smartest movies. It's like Airplane is a super dopey movie. It's really smart. Right. And Animal House is also like a really really smartly written by very bright people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dialogue's that very wised up dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's very very clever. And but then also just really. Dumb things that are just hilarious, like when they they smuggle the horse into the mm-hmm. dean's office yeah, yeah. and they send Flounder in with a pistol to shoot it. Yeah, and he chickens out and can't do it, and he fires it. You know, fire, it's a blank. He doesn't realize it's a blank, but he fires it in the air. And that <laughs> shot of the horse and that sound effect—it <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just kills me every time. So and, and, and you know, it also um, did something which has been done many times since, but I don't know if it done been done before. It has that great tag during yes. the credits I, where you right. find out what happened. And sort of the, to, the American graffiti style. Yeah, tag. yeah, yeah. Right, and and uh, you have the. It's almost like a yearbook. Yeah, it's like where are they now? And then you find out that you know John Belushi's become a senator, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what happened to all the characters, like and of course all, all the characters <laughs> you hate, like Niedermeyer, you know, come to an untoward in Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think some of those characters actually came out of the National Lampoon High School yearbook mm, uh, mm. project. They they kind of took the characters. They did for the magazine. For right. the magazine, right. yeah. And Niedermeyer does, in fact, uh, recur in um, John oh, Landis's. Right. Yeah, and, oh, in, uh, in The Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, hmm. In John Landis's segment. That's like right. when he, they go to Vietnam and Niedermeyer is in it. Oh, that's You're right. kidding. Yeah, I that's, right. Remember that's that. right. That's right. Wow. I totally forgot about that. I try to put Twilight Zone out of my mind, but you're absolutely right. That's right. Mark Metcalf, uh, Niedermeyer is in, in the Twilight Zone. But then also, of course, he's famously in that Quiet Riot, uh, Come on, Feel the Noise video right, where he's right. dressing down his in that performer. And then he later went on to play the master in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh. which he's really good in as well. A um, pledge pin! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's funny. Much, so much great dialogue. It's, you know, my wife... Uh, it's one of my wife's favorite movies of all time, Animal House. There you go. I just see why. I mean, I really It's really one of the great comedies. You know, it's a great it's a it's, it's a, a, cl- a classic comedy and you know, for anybody who's been to college, it's the college experience you wanted to have. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I you know, I was not in a fraternity. I don't know if any of you guys were. So like no. it didn't oh, reflect no. my experience at all. I had a roommate who was <laughs> pledging a frat, so I got to see a little bit of it from that perspective. It it just wasn't something that I was interested in doing at all. And I don't know if this movie had anything to do with it. I decided like I don't want to do that stuff. But you know, I mean, we, the, like the thing that we 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 took from it because we didn't have fraternities, but we 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 you know, road trip, you know, we, mm. we like we go on road trips all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you know, somebody would call road trip and, you know, but we were in, you know, we were in Boston, so there were a lot of cool places to go. Right. Um, of course, you know, sometimes. Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> I mean, it's one of the most quotable movies yeah. that we've talked about. So many about. quotes that are just 
part right. of the popular yeah. lexicon. You're chairman of the social committee. <laughs> great, great, great choice. Great choice. So, it's um, a good Monday. Uh, Darren Dockerman, Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Well, I hope I know what you're going to choose. I hope it's because it was my bad. I didn't choose it because I was hoping you would. So, we'll let's see. I don't know. It's always disappoint Friday. Him. Disappoint him. I, I may disappoint him because I'm going to go from the ridiculous to the sublime. <laughs> With 1973, 20th Century Fox. Oh, dare I hope? It is uh, the paper chase. Yes, that was oh. awesome. my choice too. <laughs> Woo. Nice. Now I can go with something else. <laughs> um, I love this movie. I love the TV series. Mm-hmm. Me too. A little I love more. The TV mm, yeah. Underappreciated because it's totally not easily under- available. Correct. Yep. Um, but I'm more oddly more familiar with it because I watched it back in the day, sure. more so than the movie. And remember, it started on CBS and then it got canceled. And, and then PBS to, picked it up. Yeah. They were the Netflix of the seventies. <laughs> Didn't it go to? It, it, it went to Showtime. Oh, Showtime! You're right. So yeah. Showtime. Yep, yep. Well, I the the last season of the show was shot um, in 1986, and they were shooting it on the USC campus. Uh. And I got to watch them shoot the graduation scene, and I got to walk uh, behind John Houseman, and I, I said, Mr. Houseman, I enjoy your work very much, your entire career. And, and he said, here's a dime. Call your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. But it was a, it was a lovely moment. What did he that say? I he said, thank you very much, young man. Oh. And that was it. Oh. Then he walked off. Um, but... Uh, I, I love the original movie. Uh, Timothy Bottoms plays uh, Hart, the uh, uh, the freshman law student, uh, thrust into this uh, uh, law school that is um, a crucible to uh, weed out the <laughs> the uh, uncapable uh, <laughs> lawyers, and. Of course, the famous uh, the famous John Houseman line. He, pre- he plays Professor Kingsfield, who is the ball buster of the uh, school. And he says, "You come in here with your bra- with your brains full of mush, and you leave thinking like a lawyer." <laughs> and he he is a terror. He walks into the class completely quiet and looks down his glasses at the uh, at the the roster he has on his uh, on his podium. And he says. Mr. Hart, tell us about uh, Marbury versus Madison. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. and it's 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 the the college experience that you hope you would never have, but you <laughs> secretly think, I wonder if I could take it. Um, and of course, yeah, you know, uh, some wonderful uh, 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 secondary casting. Lindsay Wagner plays uh, Hart's girlfriend, who turns luminous. out <laughs> who turns out to be Kingsfield's daughter. Yeah. Um, and it's just so great. A, a lovely score by John Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, it looks great. Uh, the the school scenes look gritty and real. Although and it was not filmed at Harvard. They, they it got was not filmed at second Harvard. unit, but yeah. I think they filmed in Canada or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but it's just so good, and the characters are great, and it you know it has that real seventies feel to it. Um, but not like the fake stereotypical 70s that we're used to in, you know, cartoon land. This is like the real thing. And I, I love it. And I think it's, uh, it's if you can find it, uh, watch it because it's so good. Interesting. Well, I got to say, uh, I could not agree with you more. I love this movie based on the John J. Osborne book Absolutely. of the same name. He had actually gone to Harvard Law School, yep. based it on his experiences. Um 
John Houseman is extraordinary in this role. Yeah. It cemented, you know, it's funny because he had worked with Orson Welles and he was more a producer. He hadn't really, it's sort of like what happened later in the career with uh, John Huston, right. where you know, he had been a director and then he, he, he became, suddenly became, he became an, an actor. actor. And it was the same thing that happened with John Houseman. Right. This role turned him into, uh, an know, he'd been an, an icon, he, yeah. really an icon. Yeah. People forget how impactful this thing. And I just want to point out, this to me is why this show, the 430 movie, our 430 movie exists. This is a movie that probably 99% of our audience has not seen. Right. Uh, and if we can get one of you to go watch this movie. Boots Miller, Even if we're it's talking me. to you. <laughs> so, uh, we can get one of you to go and, and see this movie. We will have done our job. Because this is such a good movie. It's so well shot. It has inspired me in my writing. And uh, I had a... I had a uh, professor, ironically not in college, but in high school, an AP history professor who was also the principal. His name was Saul Bruckner at Edward Murrow. He, to me, like, it was John Houseman right. in The Paper Chase. And uh, he, 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 he demanded so much of you. Right. And he also had this very intimidating presence. Right. Uh, there was another side to him who was very likable, but it was very... Uh, but. Um, but it took a lot of whittling to, it, get, it, there. It, to yeah. get there. Yes, and yeah, he—it's sort of like what Hart never got out of John Houseman. Where right. at the end he had that experience where he goes up to him and says, "You know, I just want you to know how much an impact right. you had on my life." And oh my God, blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, "That's very nice, thank you." And then, you know, it's there's, like doesn't know who he is. There's one scene that is so emotionally um, draining, isn't the word, but uh, very evocative where he sneaks up into the attic of the library. And it's suspenseful. It's suspenseful. Yeah. He he goes to look at the old work Kingsfield's by notes. Kingsfield's right. notes. Yeah, yeah. And he goes through these, and it's called The Unbroken Chain. The, the the continuation of law from the beginning of the from the Ten Commandments on, and mm-hmm. it is so moving and so touching. The connection, you know, the religious almost connection, religio, the relinking of the uh, present to the past. It's so great, and it's just wonderful. I'll tell you something about this. This movie was the movie that briefly made me want to be a lawyer. Mm. You know, uh, and, and, and it's like we're conditioned to say, oh, lawyers are all scum and you know the, the, all this stuff. This movie made it seem like such a noble profession right. and, and, and it was so great um, that, you know, for a short time, uh, you know, it, it was also the practical profession as sure. opposed to working in film time where I, I, for a short time, considered being a lawyer and actually- It was your fallback. My safety school. Harvard Law School was my safety school. But um, yeah, so it, it really is just a fantastic movie. James Bridges directed it, right? Yeah. And a fantastic movie. I thought that all college professors, before I went to college, mm-hmm. were like that. I thought that was just the thing. And I was kind of looking forward to it, very disappointed to discover that it was not nearly that interesting or threatening. Right. I, I think, you know, that was like half the reason why I never showed up to class was because it just wasn't that entertaining. Um, I had one professor, one English professor, uh, Professor Peter Wiggins, who is a, a Renaissance lit uh, professor, who was um, very much like John Hausman, except the nice version of that. It was... He was uh, very Socratic. Um, he would, you know, pick a student that he would lead down the primrose path, you know, lead them to some conclusion that the student thought would please him. Right. That would be completely just wrong and effed up. And then he would just turn and just, right. but no. And I saw him leave people just in tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, it was it was the best. And I loved, <laughs> I loved going to that class. I loved getting picked on. It was just... 
It was awesome. Well, I, I think what it shows or what it proves and what I, I so admire about this movie is the power of a great teacher to inspire, yeah. you know, and, and these are the people we remember our whole lives, yeah. the teachers that made a difference in our lives, you know, that, 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 and it's not that they taught us so much. They taught us to be more than we are. And, 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 and that's what Hausman was because ultimately when, you know, he goes, Hart goes up to him at the end, he doesn't even know who Hart is right. and his whole life is revolved around you know, the Kingsfield and Kingsfield, he's just another guy who sits in his class and it's so, but it doesn't matter because he got what he needed out of it. I spent seven years teaching, uh, at art center college of design. And I, when I started there, I hoped that I could get like a 10th of the gravitas of teaching that Hausman did. I, I think I managed maybe a little bit more than that. But I'm too much of a softy. You should have just done the class in the in, I, in the I, Houseman voice. The I whole should time. have. <laughs> I, there were many times when I thought I should have, but no. It, uh, I I got to experience it from the other side, and it was very satisfying. Um, but th- yeah, th- this movie just really hit me hard uh, from both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It's 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 a great 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 pick, and and uh, had you not picked it, I would I would have picked it. Yeah, so. Good. Um, fantastic. So that brings us to Ashley Miller on Wednesday for College Week. So, what's your grade? Um, I think this week we're going to go from animals uh, to lawyers <laughs> to nerds, but not <laughs> not quite the nerds you might be imagining that I'm a, I'm about to describe. Um, this movie is uh, it's it's up there like in my list of my my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's a movie that I can watch over and over and over again. Um, it is so completely quotable. Uh, it features just an absolutely charismatic turn by Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features the great William Atherton mm-hmm. um, playing yet another a hole in a long <laughs> yeah, line, line of, of Atherton holes. <laughs> um, it is real genius, genius real genius <laughs> from 1985, um, and uh, and it also features our benefactor. Does it? Oh yeah, Dean Devlin. Dean Devlin is in it. Devlin, is it? Yes, 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 that's right. Okay, <laughs> so well, that's not, right. No. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. He was a writer and a producer and a director. He was an actor. Um, I, I didn't know. In fact, you, you know, he that's how he had met Roland was on Universal right. Soldier. Right. So I had no idea. No, I, look, I um one of the reasons why I, I loved this movie from the jump is because you might have figured out I was a bit of a nerd in what? high school, right? And then college a little bit. Um <laughs> you know, I was I was that kid. I was the I was the Mitch. Um, who is the, the the you know the, the main character in this movie is a 15 year old um, prodigy who ends up going to Pacific Tech, which mm-hmm. is sort of a stand-in for for Caltech, um, and he shows up and he is socially unprepared. Uh, you know he is eager to do the work. He has no life, but what he realizes slowly is that he is burning out and that his life isn't his own. And he meets Chris Knight, played by Val Kilmer, and Chris Knight is is like his ghost of Christmas future, right? It's just it's coming to him and saying, you know, you got to lighten up. Like, that's that's really the theme of the movie is it's not enough to be smart. Uh, you have to to live your life. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the plot is great. It's... It's um it's it's so smart and so cool. I mean the the MacGuffin is there, you know, they're building, you know, a five megawatt laser. You know, and, and how do you how do you accomplish this? And you're on a timetable and William Atherton is like the, he's the professor who's like leading the project and he's 
building a house out of the money that should be going to the to the project, but he's on a timetable for the DOD because really they're building this this laser weapon, um, an airborne, uh, spaceborne laser weapon uh, to use as an assassination tool. And you know how all of that Michigas kind of works out is is it's nifty, it's cool, it leads to some great set pieces, it leads to a lot of great fun moments. Um, but at the heart of this thing. Uh, it, Again, it's really it's it's Val Kilmer uh, as as Chris Knight, who is kind of on an opposite journey um, from from Mitch. You know, he's a guy who showed up, you know, as a as a young prodigy uh, who who didn't have a life, who learned to let go, but perhaps let go a little too much, and has to rediscover his seriousness um, and that some things do matter. And uh, just the relationship between these characters is great. Um, it's just so well directed by Martha Coolidge. Um, it's so funny. It's it's so good. I can watch this movie every day if I had to. Yeah, The Real Genius, a wonderful film. And Martha Coolidge is an underappreciated director. Really, really, you know, terrific. She did that. She did what Making Mr. Right, and and just um, uh, it's such a fun film. Another movie that at the time wasn't a huge hit, but then sort of on home video became sort of a cult film. I'm not sure if people are as familiar with it now as they should be. Right. Um, there, there was there was like a. A, a few of these type of movies that are, were all released at around the same time. Yeah, and this was kind of the and and we we always always had a one a one title name for all of them. My real weird genius science project. Right, <laughs> yeah, it was my yeah. science project. Yeah, But you know, it's just the the dialogue is great. Like as Socrates once said, "I drank what." <laughs> was it one of those dreams where you're dressed up in a toga and you're surrounded by coeds who are throwing little pickles at you? Because that's the one I had. <laughs> you know, it's just it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's something so liberating about going to college. It's the first time usually you're away from your parents, and, you know, unless you've been to boarding school or something, right. you know, and, and, uh, and, and, and you really, you know, have all this freedom, and it's how will you use that freedom. And I think that's why the, the, what these college movies tap into because in high school they're all you know we talked about that it's all about repression and sort of discovering who you are and in in college it's really about flourishing without the constraints of you know high school and your parents and you know what decision are you well, going to go right are you going to left you can you can reinvent yourself in college and in high school you know you're you're trapped there in the school every day with the same group of people maybe you've grown up your whole life in that school system or that right. town and you are who you are and then you, you go off to college and you have a chance to make a break right like, like i know when i went to college i started dressing differently you know i i kind of reinvented myself a yeah, little bit i meant when to I went talk to, to you about that <laughs> <laughs> and you discovered the fantastic 430 movie logo wear um i uh for thursday um, it's tough. I'm very nostalgic about college because I had a great college experience. I had a great four years, you know, and, um, you know, freshman year, I discovered the college paper and became the arts editor before eventually becoming editor in chief. But, you know, so every week I would be going and reviewing movies and that was like heaven for me. So, and just had a really, really great experience in, in college, a lot of fond memories. So it should come as no surprise. I have a ton of college movies. I'm only going to pick one. And the one that I've settled on is, um, is one that looks back nostalgically, but also a little winsomely at college. And of course, that's Lawrence Kasdan's The Big Chill. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a movie in which a bunch of uh, old uh, friends reunite uh, for the funeral of a friend who's committed suicide, Kevin Costner, never seen, except for his hands in a casket, um, because he was cut out of the movie. <laughs> um, 
but it, it minted a bunch of superstars. You know, Kevin Klein, Glenn Close, Joe Beth. Well, Joe Beth Williams had already been in in in, in a bunch of big films, but uh, um, uh, just um, Tom Berenger, who, if you only know him from stuff like Sniper and his later director video career, is just a revelation in this movie, playing sort of a Tom Selleck like TV celebrity um, who's a little uncomfortable with his celebrity when he goes back with his friends who keep giving him crap about it. Um, and uh, Mary Kay Place, and um, they, they basically uh, grew up, uh, went to school in the 60s, full of idealism and optimism, and now here in the 80s, which is the height of, of uh, you know, they're looking back and saying, do we sell out, you know, our values and what we all hope to do? Because and the answer is yes. And they, they're pretty, pretty <laughs> much yes. And then, of course, William Hurt is just amazing yeah. at it. Uh, and he was cast after having given another brilliant performance for Lawrence Kasdan in The uh, Body Heat, right. um, which one day I'm sure will be making an appearance on 430 Movie. Um, if I have anything to say about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I absolutely love The Big Chill, um, and it has that great Jeff Goldblum line. Another uh, favorite of ours, Jeff Goldblum, where he says, you know, was uh, were we really that good of friends or was it just, you know, that, you know, geography basically was just that we were, um, you know, so for, you know, four years. And then, um, and, you know, I love the movie. It's brilliantly written. Uh, by Lawrence Kasdan and Barbara Benedict. It's uh, it's beautifully directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, and, um, you know, looking at it, I remember watching it in college when it came out, and even I may have been in high school when it came out, um, and just thinking, oh, that'll never be us. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. So it's, 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 it's a terrific, terrific movie. I revisit it often. Um, it was he did it before Silverado, which we talked about on the Western Week, and uh, you know I just I, I love I love the Big Chill. All right, yeah. well, and of course the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, oh was, yeah, uh, a huge you know seller. Well, yeah, it, it all uh, Motown it, hits, all yeah. Motown, yep. and it uh, it changed uh, advertising for the next ten years. Well, and it also has yeah, it absolutely did. It made Motown huge again in the eighties, huge. Yeah. Uh, there was two albums released. There was the original, and then more music from mm -hmm. the Big Chill. And of course, it also um, there's a scene at the funeral where it's um, uh, oh, and this is uh, Alex's favorite song, and they start playing. Um, you can't always get what you want. The Rolling Stones on the organ, and it sort of transitions into this montage. And it's just beautiful filmmaking, great use of a song and music, and. Um, uh, just, 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 uh, just terrific, uh, terrific movie. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. That movie, um, that's a hard watch for me. I, I mean, I, which is to say, I love it. I, uh, I, I think it was um, my second year that I was out here. Um, I was what man? I don't even know how old I am anymore. But like, but not very 12. far, not very far north of thirty, maybe thirty, thirty-one, something like that. And um, I was up in Vancouver, and I was shooting an episode of The Twilight Zone, and I got word from one of my college friends that another college friend had uh, had taken her own life. And um, you know, I I remember watching this movie again, um, and just the the way that it captures that particular melancholy, right? Of you know. Really, you are whether you're five years or ten years removed from your college experience. I mean, you're still young, and the first time that that first death happens, the first mm -hmm. time you lose someone, mm -hmm. you know, someone who's uh, not a grandparent or a parent, but 
like contemporary. contemporary. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just doesn't seem normal. I, mm-hmm. you know, that night I remember um, I went uh, to the bar at like the Sutton, and um, mm-hmm. I was sitting there and I was having a drink. I was by myself, and you were by yourself at the Sutton place. Yes. Well, that's a how rare. Is, how does that happen? <laughs> so there were these high school kids who came in. They were having like a prom or a dance of some kind, but they came in and they're all sitting around. They're all hanging out, like. And they're all about 18. I'm just looking at them. I'm thinking, my God, you know, I could just picture myself like that sort of a table, you know, with my with my friends. And just thinking in terms of the, the big chill of it all and, and Kasdan and, and, and what he was writing about, it just it was also and it still is. It's also very present um, to me. And and I think it, it just very honestly said things not just about. Um, you know, what connects us and, and what binds us, whether it's just that, you know, the, the coincidence of geography or if it's something deeper. But the the long and the short of it is that we are bound and that's it. Um, and that those experiences, those people who in our lives that, that, that matter, they will remain um, in our lives even after they've passed. And I think that's why the big chill at the end of it, um, at least I feel so good about it. You know, it is, it's not, you know, a movie with a funeral that is about death. Uh, it's a movie with a funeral in it that's really about um, how we affect each other's lives. And I just, I love The Big Chill. No, and I, I completely agree. I think you articulated that so well. It's not a movie about death, although that is the instigation of all this. It's a movie about life and it's a movie about what, what binds us because, you know, you see these friends you may not have talked to in such a long time and yet you have these old college friends and it could be 10 years since you talked to them, but when you're together or when you connect, it, it, there's such a tight connection that you have with them unlike anyone else and um, and then, you know, you have such a, a, a you know, at first the, the, the new age mumbo jumbo of Meg Tilly's character, it's so easy to dismiss and make fun of and yet, you know, she just revels in life and you kind of realize like why do I need to be such a stick in the mud? You know, like maybe that's not such a horrible way to be to, you know, just appreciate and, you know, how much William Hurt is able to get you know, all that he's suffering with PTSD from Vietnam and stuff. It's it's a really just wonderful movie. And, you know, we're, I think we're all huge fans of, of Lawrence Kasdan mm-hmm. here, obviously, because of Raiders, because of Empire, um, you know, all his magnificent work. And, and this to me is up there with his great classic films. I want to I want to raise a counter opinion. On this. A counterculture opinion? <laughs> Something like that. My initial for the first five years after seeing uh, uh, Big Chill, my feeling was it that it was a harbinger of what came to pass, a seemingly non-ending series of whining of baby boomers. <laughs> and it continued with like 30-something on television. And a, a a bunch of other things that um, uh, about people who were who were you know unreasonably um, optimistic in their teens and twenties, and who life had just slammed down right or things of, of that nature, and it it really hit me as as um, you know what shut the hell up. <laughs> that that was how I felt at that time. I still feel a little bit like that. But I understand it more now mm. after being through some of those real, you know, life experiences. But 
I just wanted to tell you what my original. No, look, it's an interesting <laughs> perspective. I mean, I, you, there's certainly, I think, a lot of people that would share your your feelings about it and say, "What do these people have to feel guilty about? Yeah. They're super successful. They're rich. They're all this." But you know, I mean, are these but quote unquote ju- white people problems? Right. Exactly. Um, but uh, but that said, um, uh, you know, I think that there's there's a lot more uh, a complexity to, to 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 such a simple analysis yeah. of it. Um, but you know, I think that you know that's a you know it's a legitimate way you know lens to look at it you know it depends really what you take away from exactly. from the film and what you know what you latch onto well it's interesting to me that maybe this is not true but the movie feels like a story about the first time we become aware that our friends have an interior life um i i think in high school and college uh it's it's easy to look at the people around us and to and to assign them roles as accessories to us exactly right and when something you know when a death happens when when something so just shocking occurs um it it automatically makes you look at at everyone differently and and that to me is you know is is the beginning of true adulthood you know, that was, you know, weirdly that that funeral, that death, like the death of poor Kevin Costner, who we did not see in the film was, <laughs> you know, it was this is going to sound. But it wrong, gave but a it Silverado. Was, right. It gave a Silverado. <laughs> it was it was in a way it was a he left them with something. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which I think is it was just kind of wonderful. Look, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah. The third act issues, the whole mm-hmm. Mary Kay place. Uh, wanting to have a baby and you know wanting to sleep with Kevin Co- uh, Kevin Klein, you know Kevin Klein. to see with Kevin Costner. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, that's a whole other movie. <laughs> Necro, but like, also there's like weekend but, at Bernie's meets the ice I storm. Mean, oh. yeah, you know, like, admittedly, uh, but it, it is kind of you know, and and uh, you know there has been criticism that it, it's kind of lifted from uh, John Sayles' Return of the Sokaka Seven. But 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 uh, I, I I think there's a much you know much more complexity. Uh, to it uh, than that, and I, you know, I just, you know, the way that that Glenn Close is wrestling with the 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 death of, um, you know, Kevin Costner's character, who apparently she had an affair with and cheated on Kevin Klein, and there's a lot of these unresolved issues, and you know, you could say it's sort of overheated soap, but I, I just feel like there's a lot more substance to it than that, and um, you know, and again, also just sort of a winsomeness about lost youth and about you know the, the whole college experience and 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 uh, you know growing older, you know, and and. Uh, and, you know, losing that kind of youthful exuberance and idealism that a lot of people go through, um, you know, uh, as time goes by. I, I think I think your pick is a valid one, but I think it does stretch the college uh, uh, I think, box I, I think a little these bit. Weeks are very elastic. I, now, if you want me to substitute agreed. it, I'll give you another movie. I got a whole list. No, we can hear okay. we can hear the other ones. So look, let's Friday, talk, fr- but, let's yeah. talk Friday. Uh, um, you know, look, uh, we there are two ways. First of all. I, I think Spike Lee's School Days is a terrific mm, college sure. movie. I really, I really like that movie a lot. It was the second movie after She's Got to Have It. Um, it didn't do particularly well. Uh, it, there's been a lot of critical revisionism because it was not critically acclaimed either. I really liked it at the time. I mm-hmm. think people like it more now. Um, but I really like that. But uh, there's there's another movie from that time period uh, that there's more in the Animal House vein, which is hysterical. Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School. I, I was going to I love that movie. Yeah. Keith Gordon yeah. uh, is his son, and then Rodney Dangerfield, who never got his college diploma and always felt a little, uh, um, uh, you know, people look down on him for Robert, that. Robert Downey Jr. Did I say mm-hmm. Robert? Yeah, but I always said uh, Rodney Dangerfield yeah. goes back to school. Robert Downey Jr. is wonderful in it. Um, uh, Sally <laughs> Kellerman is, is great from uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. 
She had Zia Dax herself. Terry Farrell. Terry yeah, Farrell. one of her early roles. Oh, yeah, she's in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have you have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. You years just didn't remember. It's so funny. It's and Ronnie really Dangerfield is, is just hysterical. And Bert, not Bert Sam Young. Sam Kinison is in it as like the Sam history Kinison. professor. Sam yeah, Kinison, yeah. It's true, but it was too much of a pussy whip. Isn't it Bert Young? I think it Don't is. go in the desert. Don't live in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> it is Bert Young. Oh yeah, Bert Young's the show, the chauffeur slash yeah. butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really funny. He's really funny, and Dangerfield is at his at his peak here. Yes, he's at yeah. Shakespeare for everybody. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so good. And and the 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 scene where they're they're going into their dorms. Um, uh, you know, normally the dorm is like a 10 by 5 room yeah. uh, that you share with someone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they walk in and then we, we walk in with them and we see that all the uh, in-between walls have been removed and they've created this huge suite of all the rooms <laughs> that uh, uh, Dangerfield... You're a melon! He, he, <laughs> he donated all his money He donated to all his money yeah. so he could do anything he wanted at college, basically. It's so funny and it, you know a lot of people don't remember how funny Rodney Dangerfield yeah. was you know they you know I don't get no respect and of course you know uh, in a scene stealer Sam Kennison yeah. yeah 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 no he's great unbelievable as a history professor yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. It's a great cast. Ryan Pictures put it out. I don't think it was a big hit at the time. Yeah, not, um, not but a perennial in home video. Yeah, it's, loved it on it's home video. Great. And it's, great. Um, it's so funny. And uh, it's the I guess it's the college experience we all wanted. Yeah. And you know, Keith yeah. Gordon, who later <laughs> became a successful director, you know, is this real stick in the mud who sort of learns to come out of his shell thanks to his father. Right. You know, and uh, it's it's a delightful movie. Now, on the the flip side of that, is is a movie. Which I do consider a, a true classic that I love, and and could have easily been my choice, and 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 that is um, Mike Nichols, The Graduate. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. sure. Which, uh, which... That that was a close choice for me as well. I mean, obviously, uh, an all time classic. Not about the college experience per se, but about right. a. A recent college graduate who comes home and is trying Plus to the decide, title. yeah, <laughs> what to do with his life. I mean, should we consider that for Friday? Because the graduation is the natural end to right. college. I think that the graduate fits into so many other. There's so many other opportunities to talk about the graduate yeah. that that I almost want to hold I th- it. I think that I think that it it is much like the Big Chill, a little outside the box. But I mean, it's it, it's certainly What's one. What's the box? Because, yeah. College. Okay. Fair enough. Like, <laughs> College is let, in the box. I, I agree with Ashley. The Graduate is such a significant film. I don't want to give it short shrift here. I'm sure we'll have a chance to revisit it in the in the future. Great films in 1968. Right, let, um, me, let me throw out another com- uh, comedy. Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That was my backup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, along the lines of Animal House and, uh, you know, perhaps a, a little more uh, cartoony. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely yeah. more more cartoony it was in that Porky's grown up vein. That, but that, 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 it has that, that, that it has a really good heart to it. Yes, and some great characters and uh, some great uh, conflicts and uh, and situations. It's a, a really good cast. Yeah, a very funny cast. Uh, it's a movie that what was it eighty seven? I think. Something. I think no, it's before that. Oh, eighty four. Yeah, eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Eighty nine. I, I know what big Joel Schumacher fans you are. What about Saint, Saint Elmo's, Elmo's Fire? Fire? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, that doesn't burn me up a little bit. You know what I like? You know, it's a great. We 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 can uh, Spinal Tap some love recently. Um, the Sure Thing, another Rob Reiner yeah, film. I'm, absolutely, I love yeah, the Sure Thing. That. One. Oh my god, oh, so you great! Should. You would love it. I know. You would love, love it. Big yeah, John Cusack makes a road trip with Daphne Zanuck. It's a little like. 
when Harry met Sally, the setup, and yeah. to go to get the sure thing it's, in yeah. Nicole it's, it's, Sheridan. What it is, it's um, when Harry met Sally, met it happened one night. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a great screwball comedy. John Cusack is charming. Daphne Zuniga is charming Amazing. and luminous. Uh, no, Nic- Nicola luminous. Sheridan is luminous. Well, yeah, no, she, she's she's Barbie doll. Yeah, she's yeah, a yeah, Barbie. Yeah, doll. I actually yeah. like it better than when Harry met Sally, just because I just I like how it feels more intimate. And it feels... It feels like, more real. Yes, it does. Yeah. I could slam you in the head for that, but okay. No, but <laughs> um, he's, he's not I'm wrong. saying I don't love when Harry <laughs> met Sally, which I do. You know, and the sure thing fits our criteria, much like the paper chase of like, yeah. hey, you never heard of this one? Watch it, Absolutely. you will not be disappointed. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, I love that Daphne Zing is playing this really repressed right. woman who, over the course of the film, learns yeah, to sort of... Her character arc is wonderful. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it, it is when... It's that era when Rob Reiner could do no wrong. Yep. Before North. Mm-hmm. Before North. It's the pre-North <laughs> yeah. era because you had, you know, where Harry Styles, Spinal <laughs> Tab, Sure Thing, Princess Bride. I mean, he was just on fire. Yeah. Um, and, and Sure Thing was not a successful movie. Again, Avico Embassy uh, was right. released by on home video by Nelson Entertainment. Right. I mean, n- now it's Shout Factory, I think, put out the Blu-ray. But um, uh, I would be a big advocate for Sure Thing. Yeah, I, I love the Sure Thing. Uh well, let me just put out a shout to my uh, a film that I worked on. Yes, uh, an important film in the annals of college uh, cinema. Of course, I'm talking about House Party Two: The Pajama Jam, <laughs> in which a uh, kid goes to college. <laughs> I worked for six months on that movie. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was quite an experience. It did have a fun cast. Though. Was it Jammy Jam? <laughs> the Pajama Jam, yeah, they're they're gonna be a big fundraiser putting what on a exactly Pajama Jam. Was being jammed. <laughs> I would like to know. Maybe I don't want to know. Maybe you I, don't. I, I, they wanted to, they wanted to film a scene in a kid's dorm room where his roommate, who is a white guy who's like wanting to be a black guy, uh, he has a pet gecko, and for some reason. Like they wouldn't they need a gecko, and I and I kept tropical fish at the time, and my tropical fish store sold lizards. So I oh I I, I get you gecko, no problem. Easy. I get you gecko, no problem. Melching's gonna get us the gecko. gecko. So they sent me out to buy the gecko and the aquarium and everything, and I set up the whole thing, and I it was my job to take care of this thing. So the day came when they were gonna shoot there, and the director decided he wanted a close up of the gecko. So I'm just sitting there doing my job in the production office, and you know, over the the radio, get melting to the set, melting to the set. I'm like, uh oh, what what's up? The <laughs> like, gecko okay. wrangler. I'm the ge- <laughs> suddenly I'm the gecko wrangler, and there's the all the lights are on, the cameras there. Was its name Gordon? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the crew is standing around waiting, and I'm like, you know. 22, 23 years old. I walk out there like, I have no idea how to wrangle a gecko. <laughs> and they're like, you know, all standing by on the camera. So I like reach into the aquarium where the gecko is hiding and somehow it jumped right up onto this stick into a perfect pose. Nice. And I step back and they rolled camera and they got their shot and I was a genius. Oh my God, Steve, that, I'm so happy to hear that story because I thought it was going in a very yeah. different direction. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden, so, Mr. Park. dead. I'm real, that's what I thought you were. So I'm so happy to hear this had a happy ending. It jumped onto uh, a key light. Uh, you know, Goodbye, because, you know, contrary to public opinion, I am an optimist. Um, so that, that's that's wonderful. That's a, a wonderful story, but you really should see the show. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I want one other movie that I thought Darren might pick. Yes, uh, what was that? The Freshman. 
Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Not maybe not so much about the college experience per se, um, but, but it certainly qualifies. A, a freshman, loosely. Um, I mean, freshman, I like the freshman a lot too. Yeah. I, I don't think of it remotely, even though it is called the freshman. Yeah. Uh, there's also the uh, the silent film, the freshman. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Harold Lloyd. That's right. <laughs> I uh, had uh, my one of my backups was uh, was more recent, old school. Yes. Old school is fun. Which is so fun. Fun. Right. Um, in the Animal House vein. Yeah. Or oh, back to school too, right? Kind of in a way. He goes back to school, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of back to school. Was it, no, it was Todd he Phillips. He could go back to school. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. could go back to school. <laughs> um, there's also- Van uh, Wilder. This is me. Yes, Van Wilder, <laughs> which I love Van Wilder. Oh my God, I love Van Wilder. Ryan Reynolds before- uh, Before he, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't like those apples. <laughs> a nutty professor. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It, I mean, it's I mean, it, it's a legitimate pick. I wouldn't put yeah, it on Friday, yeah. but it's it's funny. But whiplash, although not really more about a. No, I, I, I think love that Whiplash. Would I think Whiplash I, is a terrific I, movie. I, but, I do too. Yeah. I'm getting Whiplash from all these ideas. That I'm <laughs> back and forth. PCU. Oh yeah, PCU. PCU. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which has oh, the yeah. great moment where you discover Jeremy Piven is working on his uh, his thesis, which is that at any time, day or night, you can turn on the television, and on some channel somewhere, there is a movie starring Michael Caine or Gene Hackman. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. It's awesome. And, and very true. Um, there's always a movie. It's, no matter what time of day you turn on TV, there is a movie with Gene Hackman <laughs> or Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Because Michael Caine said no to nothing. Yeah, that's <laughs> he said nothing, nothing at all, except when I wanted to interview him for a book. Um, that he said no to. Rudy? Rudy! Rudy! No, that's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I wow, like, silence. I, I know. Right? I, 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 I'm still advocating for the sure thing. No, I, I think that. Yeah, I, I think that's probably like the it. sure thing. Well, right. it looks like we graduated in four years, maybe really five. <laughs> I, actually, uh, I took five. I was on the Star Trek plan. I did the five-year mission. We we, uh, we 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 spent a summer abroad, and or semester abroad. So we we went uh, five years, um, but it was <laughs> it was a good five years. Um, and uh, just to remind you, uh, you know what college was like, Steve Monday. Animal House. Animal House. Tuesday. The Paper Chase. Wednesday. Real Genius. Thursday, I heard it on the grapevine. It's the Big Chill. <laughs> and Friday, it's the Sure Thing. That's a great week. That's another great week. I, I mean, I, I should hope we like these weeks. We are <laughs> programming them. I mean, you know, there hasn't really been a week where I say, well, those are terrible movies. <laughs> There's no one else telling us to do these things. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's no electronic frontier. Um, so uh, anyway, great, great week. I give it an A+. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking this past fail. And yeah. I <laughs> needs improvement. <laughs> I had a professor once who told a student that his paper was very good for recycling oh, oh that's brutal right so, wow but i think that this is much better than something for recycling <laughs> thanks yeah oh great right. oh, damning with faint praise <laughs> well th this has been great so uh you know once again another another uh, great 430 movie week is in the books and those textbooks don't come cheap you're better off buying blu-rays um <laughs> <laughs> it worked to our advantage. And I want to remind you that we'll be back next Friday with an all-new episode of the 430 Movie, wherever you listen to podcasts. Meanwhile, we hope you'll check out our sister shows, Inglorious Trexperts, the ultimate Star Trek podcast for Star Trek fans with a life, and Disco Nights, a celebration of Star Trek Discovery, featuring host Chase Masterson and special guests, 
every Thursday night. Meanwhile, if you want to check out previous episodes of the 430 Movie or purchase some of our great 430 Movie logo wear, you can go to 430movie.com or suggest future theme weeks or tell us how we screwed up at Twitter at and give us a not a passing grade at uh, 430 Movie Podcast or Facebook at 430 Movie. And if you're feeling really generous or even if you're not, please go to Apple Podcasts and grade us five stars <laughs> and not in red pencil. Finally, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter, Natalie, and everyone here at Electric Studios for making the show possible. We couldn't do it without you guys, and uh, we're very lucky to, to be part of the family. So until next week, on behalf of Stephen, Ashley, Darren, and myself, Mark Altman, thanks for joining us here on the 430 Movie. Eyewitness News starts now. This episode brought to you by Recall Incorporated. For the memories of a lifetime, recall, recall, recall. This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.